When you make classic podcasts all the time, you know that what you put in your ears is of the utmost importance. That's why I love Sonos and the new Sonos Move. Move is the premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and outdoors. You can stream No Dunks and other much worse podcasts, music, radio, audiobooks, and more with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and experience clearly detailed sound and rich bass for up to 11 hours with Move's long-lasting battery and durable, weather-resistant design. Just pick Move up off its indoor charging base and bring the sound with you from room to room. You can listen to No Dunks while you shower and make breakfast. You can put on No Dunks to focus in your home office. Enjoy some No Dunks on your patio or in the backyard. With automatic true play tuning, you can be sure Move sounds great no matter where you are or which classic episode of No Dunks you're listening to. Switch Move to Bluetooth mode to stream anywhere Wi-Fi doesn't reach or to enjoy richer sound for video calls from your phone or computer. Plus, Sonos works with all your streaming services. And control is simple with the Sonos app, Apple AirPlay 2, or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations, including live radio from around the world and original programming, free from Sonos Radio through the app. And of course, you can connect Move to other Sonos speakers around your home over Wi-Fi to create your perfect sound system and enjoy listening to no dunks in more rooms. Sonos is simple to set up and it sounds incredible. Y'all know I love catching deep bass, but Sonos' deep bass caught my attention and my wife's. After I set up our Sonos, she walked upstairs and said, something sounds different. I looked her straight in the eyes and told her, that's Sonos, baby. Now she agrees that Sonos is the best way to listen to every No Dunks classic. Tass's baritone sounds its fullest. Lee's accent even more charming. My cackle comes through clear as a bell. So head to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. If the young boys can't handle a bit of heckling at the rink, they should stick to Tiddlywinks and PlayStation. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, August 31st. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here, as always, Tess Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tessie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us. We're going to recap all of yesterday's games, but first, it's with a heavy heart that I report we've lost another basketball icon. Legendary Georgetown coach John Thompson Jr., known simply as Big John throughout college hoops, has died at age 78. He led Georgetown to the 1984 National Championship. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 99 and famously coached future Hall of Famers Patrick Ewing and Alonzo Mourning and Dikembe Mutombo. And Allen Iverson, and I see you're rocking the Georgetown Hoya jersey here this morning, Trey. That's right. John Thompson and Allen Iverson made a lot of fans in the 90s. I got this when I was in eighth grade, and somehow it still fits me. That's just how we wore things back in the day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sad to see another loss in the basketball family. The, the guy was a legend in the college game, a legend off the court. And honestly, it's not often you see a lot of coaches who are looking their big men eye to eye. So... Stand out in that way as well. Yeah, Big John, for sure. Our condolences to the entire Thompson family. Uh, 2020 continues to be a little rough. But we have uh, some fun games to break down, except for that Raptors one. Maybe we'll just skip over that one today. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll get to that later. Let's start, though, with Jamal Murray outdueling Donovan Mitchell, setting up the first Game 7 from the bubble. Take it away, Zaza. We're going to Game 7, baby. Game 7. Yes, nothing easy. Well, maybe it is easy for Jamal Murray Tass. This is crazy what this kid is doing right now, and Mitchell for that matter. So here we go. We said it. 
right from the beginning. This series is going seven. You can lock that in. We got there a weird way, but uh, what'd you think of this game and Murray's performance and so on, Tass? Well, I didn't think it was going seven. I didn't think the Jazz could score enough. I thought the Nuggets were winning this thing in five games. Uh, <laughs> and it's weird that it's sort of come all the way around uh, it, that the Utah Jazz had their offense going and now Jamal Murray, 50, 42, and 50 in his last three games. That's on heard of in playoff basketball and you said it might be a little too easy for Jamal Murray I think that's a bit of the problem here is that it is a little bit too easy in that uh, I think one of the shortcomings of jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is that he plays a lot of one-on-one ball Uh, and you saw last year superstars in the playoffs James Harden up against him and he was playing behind James Harden he wasn't really doubling him to get it out of his hands he was trying a bunch of that kind of thing but Jamal Murray I think you got a double Pretty much from the get-go. This wasn't a uh, 39 points in the second half after a slow first half. This was a pretty equal first half to second half performance. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be smarter to let Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap, and who's the third starter? And Jeremy Grant. Let's see if he can do that again. Let those three guys, while you cover uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, uh, and get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. Isn't that an option? And, And in a way... Uh, your your offense is going to score enough, I think, if you're the Utah Jazz, because Denver doesn't usually play great defense, and you still have Donovan Mitchell. So even if you get down a little bit, if, if things don't work out, uh, you can still get back in the game. But I think you just got to show him more because he is scorching walking into jumpers. He is absolutely feeling it. The front-to-back performance, the post-game interview, which was incredibly moving, shows how the players are uh, and totally totally behind this movement how much he has been moved even as a a Canadian kid uh, growing up watching probably stars like Iverson in Georgetown even Georgetown affected me in Canada with Jamal Murray's a a good Canadian boy he realizes there's uh, these these are the racial divides that going on in both countries but he is just locked in Unlock him. Get him out of his uh, his <laughs> flow right now. You got to get him out of his flow if you're Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I saw. I think it was Pablo Torre tweet. Jamal Murray is playing basketball right now, like he's owned a video game for a month before everyone else, and is now just destroying <laughs> people with combos they don't even know the hell to do yet. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Uh, because yeah, it's it's just one on one. He's like, I'll cook. Uh, I'll get my step back three. I've got the handle to take it to the rim. Um, and it's pretty special. Yeah, the 50, the 42, the 50, but on high efficiency too, Lee. This is the yeah. wild part. This is not 50 shots. These is, you know, these are like the you know, 25 to 30 shots, high, high efficiency, and with all the three-pointers. He's just in a zone right now. Yeah, and talk about taking the ball out of his hands. Obviously, that would be a smart uh, t- strategy from the Utah Jazz, but the way that he moves around. He often just sort of gives up the ball and then gets it back straight yep. away and then goes to his shot. So it's not quite as easily uh, done as it is said because he's so active on that end. But uh, he is just feeling so I- outrageously confident right now. I tweeted one of his threes he hit last night. There was a three-on-one for the Nuggets. Oh. And he, you know, in that sense, usually coaches want you to go in and just sort of pass the ball around and get the easy shot. He just pulled up and knocked down the three without even hesitating at all. And that just shows how confident he is right now. Because if he misses that, I mean, they, they probably still go on to win the game. But you can understand if the coach was like, no, you've got to, you know, make the basket, but get, get the, uh, the sure thing. But instead, he just hits that. Um, and it's just so incredibly fun to watch. But then on the other end, we're getting the same thing virtually from Donovan Mitchell, which mm-hmm. is just incredible. He hit nine threes as well yesterday, and he was just as good. It's just that the Nuggets... Uh, got the win. But also, I think what's really important here is obviously Murray's fantastic, but the Nuggets are just competing with with an effort and an energy they didn't have there for a couple of games. Jokic had 22 points, but he's trying harder. And Jeremy Grant, I think he's been very, very good for the Nuggets as well. So that sort of competitiveness that just went missing for a couple of games is back. And now Denver's got themselves in a position where they can they can uh, win this series. Yeah, the Nuggets are trying to become the 12th team to rally from a 3-1 deficit to win the series. I think that's almost being overlooked, right, because of what just Murray's <laughs> doing and just being a weird series as it is, a very entertaining series. But you're rightly, I mean, Murray is the headline, and deservedly so, both what he did on the court and talking in the post-game interview. But I thought Plumlee, the Plum Dog millionaire, grabbing, you know, timely changed offensive the game a little rebounds. Bit. Yeah, he changed it a bit. Torrey Craig making hustle plays. You said Jeremy Grant, same thing, but then knocking down four threes. Yeah, you're right, Tass. If you're the Jazz, I think you say, hey, Jeremy Grant, can you do that again in a game seven? Anybody but Jamal Murray. And then Gary Harris, first action of the series. Now, look, he didn't do a ton. Comes back from the right hip muscle strain, but four points. 
minutes out there. Obviously a capable defender, and so that yeah. helped the Nuggets. I a thought little he bit slowed too. down Jordan Clarkson a bit. That's his yeah. assignment: come off the bench yeah. and just lock down Jordan Clarkson, who's been really, really big for them. Uh, yeah, the defense, which is was sort of non-existent at the beginning of the series has come around. Michael Malone has found a lineup starting Monte Morris there uh, and dropping Michael Porter to the bench and now getting Gary Harris back, playing Plumlee some minutes. They've got some defense. <laughs> yeah. So, so Trey, do you buy this? Can you just run a second guy at Jamal Murray? Or, like, can that even work right now with him? Because Lee's right. I mean, they do a lot of the, you know, dribble handoff action with, with Jokic up top, and it's, like, sort of just keep giving it back to him until he sort of gets into his little groove, finds enough space. I mean, that one step-back three he had on Gobert in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one was just mind-boggling, too. You're right about the fast-break one. But what do you think, Trey? It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. We've seen this before. This is Steph Curry. He's playing exactly like Steph Curry. And when Steph Curry gets doubled, he gives the ball up. He runs around and somehow he gets it. And somehow he's open for a three. I'm assuming that Murray will do the same. And I'm not really surprised that we're seeing the Nuggets give this kind of effort because this is Jamal Murray's team now. I'm old enough to remember when this was Nikola Jokic's team, when he was their best player. But he's not right now. And when Jamal Murray is your best player, he brings a little bit more intensity. He brings a little bit more fire. And I think you're going to be at least getting the effort every single night. Whereas with Jokic, it's not a guarantee. You know, Murray can have a bad shooting night. He hasn't in three games, but he can have a bad shooting yep. night. But at least he's still playing hard out there. At least you know you're getting the full effort from him. Um, and I think it's made all the difference. This is the same thing that happened in the playoffs last year, right? Murray put the team on his back to get a Game 7 win yep. in the first round. Uh, he saved Game 1 in this series as well. It's crazy to think that this could have very easily been a Utah Jazz sweep, and now we're talking about them blowing a 3-1 lead. Murray last night was incredible. When he's hitting the step back, when he's made the first couple of threes, you think he can make anything he throws up. It's exactly like a Canadian Steph Curry. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe The game is the same too, right? Like he's in and out, he's like pumping fakes, he's showing his hands, and then suddenly it's a little scoop at the rim. He's in complete control right now. Yeah, because it's not just a shot. He the, he has a pretty incredible handle, like Steph Curry, right? I mean, he's really and really it's pretty high. Well. In, it's pretty high for for a guard, right? Like you want to keep it at the waist, they tell you, but not Curry and Murray. They're keeping mm. it up at their shoulders, and maybe that helps. Maybe it's a little too enticing for people to think, "Ooh, I can get a hand on that." You can't. You can get a three pointer in your face, though. Yeah, I mean, we I saw the tweets going around last night, so I wanted to ask you guys. You know. What is the craziest first-round series of recent memory? Now, the stakes are not that high. This is a first-round series. But what Mitchell and Murray are doing night in and night out here, this show we're getting, this uh, what feels like at times like a one-on-one battle. Is there another series? I know Zach Lowe was throwing out the 2009 Bulls-Celtics tray, uh, which was a wild, wild series. We're talking multiple overtimes. Uh, Ray Allen had a 51-point game. Derrick Rose put up a 36 at one point. The total points weren't quite the same. I think there was a Ben Gordon 40-point game, but the shot-making was very similar. And obviously, I think Zach mentioned that there were like multiple moments in that where it's coming down to the last second. We haven't really had that as much in this series. Hopefully, Game 7, though. Yeah, right. Is there any uh, other series, Lee, that come to mind? Uh, Like, just, again, crazy first-round series. I think Spurs-Clippers from 2015, the one where Chris Paul hits the runner off the the banker to win it in Game 7. I think that was a pretty close series because, if I remember correctly, the uh, Clippers were down 2-1 in that series and Game 4 was in San Antonio. And it was like this is like the Spurs are going to win this series now. Uh, but then the then the Clippers came back, and I think Chris Paul even had the um, the hamstring injury, which cost him the first couple of games of the next round. But he still went out and just got that victory over uh, of San Antonio in Game Seven. So that's the only sort of seven game series other than the Bulls Celtics that I can really think of that was uh, that was pretty tight the whole way. Anyway. I know, uh, I think it was Hollinger making the case for a Thunder Grizzlies in 2014, which uh, went to overtime multiple, multiple games. That uh, that Clippers-Spurs series, is, uh, isn't that famous in our world for two reasons? One, task wasn't that the one where you picked the Clips <laughs> to beat the Spurs and like Doc Rivers like almost used it as motivation well all the other people picking the Spurs to win it and then it had like Tass Bellis Clippers is that that game yeah, that yeah totally totally unlike this series here that we're talking about where I picked the Nuggets in five uh, yeah I picked the Clippers in seven to beat the Spurs their first playoff series victory uh you know over the Spurs and yeah he's Doc Rivers put it up on the board apparently yeah I remember Jamie Maggio showing that photo of yeah. everybody else uh 
putting in their picks. Everybody else had their individual picks, but we were as a team, basically, and then mine sort of stood, stood <laughs> yeah. out amongst our four. Yeah, shout out to whoever took that screenshot of the starters. <laughs> exactly. And threw it on a piece of paper. Hey, thanks for photoshopping that, Blake Griffin. I appreciate it. That was definitely Blake Griffin. But didn't weren't a few people upset that they weren't included, that they picked the Clippers as well, that it was, like, selective, that Doc only right. picked one, one person out, and others like, oh, I picked the Clippers too. Well, and it was like, but I, I remember seeing a few other tasks, tweets. as far as I can tell. There was, like, 50 people on that. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot yeah. of Spurs picks. Everybody taking the Spurs. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that John Hollinger Thunder series. I probably should. But I think the Grizzlies have played a bunch of series. But unfortunately, they don't get the love. <laughs> only from John Hollinger. They're just one of those teams that they play a lot of long series. But uh, I just remember... Uh, I mean, the, the most consequential first-round series that always comes to mind is the, the We Believe Warriors beating the, the Mavs, the 6-7 right. win Mavs. But, you know, that wasn't exciting. The, the, I, the, the Bulls-Celtics one, uh, that was... Not really consequential because the Celtics went on to win that series and then lose the next round. But it was like a Liam Neeson movie. Like nobody really cares what happens, but you're enthralled <laughs> by the whole thing, right? Like that was how many? There's like seven overtimes in that series. Yeah. Uh, triple OT game six. That was awesome. Was the Ray OT. Allen game the 51? Was that the triple overtime? Was that that game? Game. It was a game six. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah it sorry. was. That's yeah, right. that's like that's game just crazy six, to yeah. think that that was a triple overtime game, and that fifty-one was like, wow, Ray Allen had fifty-one. Now we're getting guys just putting up fifties oh, left and right. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the, the Murray Mitchell, what they're doing right now, it is. It wasn't a first-round series, but Tass, I mean, you can speak to this too. It reminds you a little bit of Vince Carter versus Allen Iverson in the second round back in 2001 um, in that seven-game series, just in terms of the pure scoring and doing it efficiently. Those guys put up some monster numbers in that one. It just feels like this. I tweeted last night. It feels like this one's on steroids from that with these young guys in Murray and Mitchell, the way they're uh, getting their buckets. No doubt. Yeah, Iverson had a couple 50s. Vince had a couple 50s. And if it's anything like that series... We're going to get a bit of a Dudley in the game seven. A bit of a dud, right? <laughs> the, the game high in that game was 23 points from Antonio Davis, uh, of all people. <laughs> Vince and Iverson cooled off. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think you you got to get the ball out of, out of Jamal's. I understand what you guys are saying, but sometimes Jamal Murray would lose the ball, like when, that one where he went behind the back. And he lost it, and there was nobody around to touch it. He picked it up, and then he did a nice little scoop off the glass, and he mm-hmm. felt so good. I mean – eyes on the guy who's scoring 50 points on the other team like it's it's i just don't i just don't believe that jeremy grant and paul Millsap, he just doesn't have it right now uh and and even monte morris um you know i threw Terry craig in there but like they just uh, just try it i think you i think you got to try it again your, your offense with Donovan mitchell is good enough to bring you back but yeah this is this is a lot like iverson and vince it really is uh final little part back to that clipper spurs series you're talking about was that 15 you said lee i, thought, I think yeah. so yeah yeah 14 15 um this is for trey and Tass specifically where were we when we watched Chris Paul hit the game winner versus the Spurs. What restaurant were we, I believe, all oh. together? I know some of you were uh, with me. Uh, I, it's a two-word two well, restaurant. three, sort of, oh, three. it's a the, the $3 something? $3 cafe? No, it's a no. number first, something, something, something. Like a number and then a, an animal. <laughs> a number then an animal. Sort of. Is, there a, pig, is there a pig in what there? What are you saying? That's correct. Wow. One Wow, well crazy. done. Nice pull, man. We were, I think you <laughs> were there, the, Trey. I, don't, the I know Taz stick. was, but I'm pretty sure you both were. And we watched it like in the little bar setting because we're like, we were out for brunch. I think it was like, I think it was Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a Sunday because yeah. I, I was actually listening to it on the radio. I was driving somewhere, I remember. Because <laughs> well, I had, the, yeah, I had the radio, the NBA uh, app in my uh, side console, like on where I was driving. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? I had yeah. to get home and watch I, it, fire it up. Yeah, I just remember we were we had friends I think maybe in town or something, and that's yeah. why we were not watching the game and we were all out for brunch. And then we were gonna of course watch it later, but it was on in the bar part of this nice restaurant, and we like had. I remember us we all got up and watched like the final couple of minutes. Yeah, the brunch is delicious, but uh, their game watching setup is not ideal. You're there for the food, but in, yeah. a, in a pinch you can you can see Chris Paul hit a game winner. Yeah, it was a uh, a tiny TV if I remember correctly. One eared stag, one eared stag, one tiny TV. Uh, it was a okay. night. It was a dinner. It was a dinner, though, Skeets. Oh, was it a dinner? Okay, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. start. I, I oh, just, was it? Basketball reference. So good. So good. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay. The I only like that. site that has that start times on there. You know what I was doing there? I was doing the classic uh, 
2001 Sixers Raptors. That mm-hmm. was a day game. Uh, that was that was the May two four weekend when the story where the Raptors <laughs> uh, lost and I was in a basement bar and we all stood up to sing O Canada. <laughs> in rural Canada, yep. Really weird. Um, <laughs> Basketball's the best. Okay, so anything else from this one? I mean, look. W- what do you think? I said, Trey, remember I threw it at you. I said, does game six feel like a must win for the Jazz? Uh, you know, we were debating that. Is, is that silly? Is that stupid? Whatever. Like, what really carries over at 0-0 when they start game seven? But what do you think? What's your prediction for game seven? How do you make a prediction for this game? <laughs> game sevens are like a toss-up regardless. Both the Nuggets and the Jazz have been such, such up-and-down teams for the entirety of the year. Anytime you feel like they have momentum... it could definitely flip. There's going to be a lot of nerves at the beginning of Game 7, it feels like. So, I don't know. I I mean, I would tend to pick Murray because he's been on fire for three straight games, but maybe that's the problem. (laughs) That being said, I was a Nuggets pick early before the series started, so of course I'm going to go with the Nuggets in this one. Right. You were a Nuggets in 7, just like Mm -hmm. I was. What did you go with this one, Lee? I can't remember. I think I said Nuggets in 6. Okay. Okay. We all had the Nuggets, right. Right. I'm just going to throw this out there, too. Whoever loses, uh, do you think their coach might be uh, canned as well? Because think about it, Quinn Snyder, if they don't get out of the first round when they led 3-1 against Denver, he's been there, I think, seven seasons now. That's a long time, and this is a, Mm. a season when they came in that had high expectations. And then if you're Michael Malone, listen, the number three seed, you go out to the number six seed, you know, like, are you really getting the most out of those guys, Jokic and uh, and Murray? He's been there a while too, so I wonder if one of those guys is uh, going to get canned. I hope not, but, you know, it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a disappointing end to the season for either team, whichever team loses, I sure, think. Sure, sure, yeah. They both, yeah, especially with the Jazz being up 3-1. I mean, I yeah. can't remember a series where it looked like a team was so dominant for the first half of the series and then sort of look like they're outclassed for the second half. Mitchell's been good. Mm. Not a lot of other guys on the Jazz have been over the last couple. I mean, Joe Engel, sorry, Lili, he sort of disappeared here for, <laughs> no, no. for your he, team. He has. I mean, those first uh, those games when they were yeah. leading, he was great for them, you know, uh, doing all those things, knocking down shots, being a bit of a creator. Uh, but, yeah, defensively, he gets cooked a lot. And on the offensive end, he's not really making up for it right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they need a lot more out of him. And Rudy Gobert's been okay, but not, not quite as good as he was when they were when they won those three games where he was just feasting on Jokic. They've actually... Jokic's defense has been a lot... His awareness of uh, Gobert sort of rolling to the hoop has been improved. Yes. He's, he's keeping improved. that big body while slimmed yes. down big body a little closer to him. You're right. I yeah. Mean, and then Gobert, like even last night, he missed like a... Pretty, it would have been an awesome uh, alley oop, like that one hand jam. But you could yeah. see him, like he dropped his head after it. He was like, you could tell he was very fr- frustrated how he's been playing too. But yeah, I guess I'll stick with the Nuggets in Game Seven. But Trey's right, flip a coin. Uh, Tass, what, what do you say? You got Denver? I'm with Trey in that I have no idea what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I'll take Denver. I'll take Denver with the way things are flowing right now. All right, let's keep it going here. Kawhi Leonard's Clippers. Eliminate Luca and the Mavericks in six games. 111-97 victory there on Sunday. Kawhi, oh my goodness. Dominant again, 33-14, seven assists, five steals. Trey, big takeaway, uh, maybe outside of Kawhi just being a machine. I mean, he's awesome. This guy is killing it right now. Five straight games with 30-plus points. It's his best postseason streak, and he really won the game uh, for the Clippers in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks were able to get it down to double digits. Uh, Kawhi gets put back in. He scores eight straight for the Clips. Then uh, Reggie Jackson hit a couple of threes. The game was basically a wrap. Kawhi had 22 in the second half on nine of 10 shooting. Doc said, you can tell he's the guy who knows how to close out a series. And that's exactly what it looked like. He just put the team on his back. He was hitting these little Michael Jordan style flip shots in the lane, driving across, not even touching the ball with his left hand, just dumping it up on the rim. No problem. He was Incredible. Uh, and, you know, the control he has and the advantage he has to be able to get a mid-range jumper when that's the thing that every team in the league wants to give up, it's it's huge. I mean, he can get his shot every single time. It's just a matter of, is he going to make it or miss it? He made most of them last night. Doncic, again, was great. 38-9-9 and in an elimination game. But the only thing people are going to be talking about with this is the future for the Mavericks. It looks bright. They need to put some more pieces around Luka. They need to get Chris Dapps healthy. And, of course, another cheap shot. From Marcus Morris, ejected in the first quarter for karate chopping the donk right in the neck as Luca drove to the rim for a layup. Ridiculous. Suspend yeah. him. Suspend him for that. Give him a game for sure. I think was, so. I absolutely think so. At first, I thought, oh no, that's just a hard player foul. Mm-hmm. When you look back at it, that swipe sort of down across his neck head, totally unnecessary. 
And he's had a couple of little incidents in this series. On the league, I just give him a game at minimum for that and say, you've been pushing us for too long, man, and you certainly didn't need to do that. Hard fouls are one thing, but just whacking a guy across the head like that, bit of a bit of a jerk-off move. You're getting a game for that, bud. All right, especially when you take into consideration last week when he steps on Luca's ankle, right? He says he didn't do it intentionally. Uh-huh. You know, Of course, some people think he did. Uh, and then now you've got the karate chop. It was definitely a karate chop. Uh, yeah. It was a hard playoff foul, and, and he rightfully got ejected and, and the flagrant two on that. But what do you think, Tess? Does he get a game for this? I think he does. He has earned this reputation now throughout the series and throughout the season. As our own Trey Kirby tweeted, mm-hmm. is is Marcus Morris the first guy to get suspended in the preseason, regular season, and now postseason <laughs> wow. in the history of the NBA? He's earned it. Uh, he really has. After the, the step on the ankle, after the getting into... Uh, it with Kristaps Porzingis in game one. Uh, listen, I think it's good overall when you zoom out, it's good to have this guy on your team if you're Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers loves this guy. Doc Rivers loves the fact that Luka Doncic, number one, he was he was getting physical with Marcus Morris on the drive to the hoop, as he should. You yeah. know, he was pushing him off. It was a that was a real tough chicken wing. And then after he got up, after the hack on his neck, he was livid. And that's exactly what you want as Doc Rivers. You want somebody to get under the other best player's skin. Right. And that's that's it has thrown him off, you know, to a degree. Luca was amazing in this game and, and this series and having that 16-point third quarter. Uh, but, yeah, I think overall the lineup is perfect for Doc Rivers. And I, and I think they sort of found something here. Uh, first, they found out that Kawhi, even though he's the best player in the playoffs right now, I think he's been the steadiest player in the postseason. He's still doing it quietly. Yeah, needed to throw that ugly mm-hmm. pun in there. Uh, but he's still the best. And then uh, the fact that Patrick Beverly is out, Landry Shamit came into the starting lineup, and he's kind of perfect. You know, if if you need a defensive point guard, Patrick Beverly, you throw him in there. But Landry Shamit is more of a money shooter on the outside. And if you look forward whether it's Denver, Utah, and then the Lakers, you don't need a Patrick Beverly necessarily for the guards that they have for like a KCP out there. I think Landry Shamit does enough defensively and uh, a whole ton offensively, you know, to be that complimentary guy. And then off the bench, you've got Reggie Jackson, who in baseball, we all know is Mr. October. (laughs) But in this game, in this game, Reggie Jackson was a closer. He really was. He hit some big threes. And we're going to be potentially playing in October. Uh, if, Reggie, if Reggie Jackson's in the finals, he wow. could be the new Mr. October instead of Mr. April, May, or June. But I, I just bring that up because it's it's one of them good problems to have, uh, understandably, to have too many guys like when Patrick Beverly comes back. Uh, but we're going from this, this issue with the Clippers of not enough team camaraderie. They hadn't played enough games together was the idea, and I was definitely buying into that. Uh, guys like Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell coming in and out of the bubble. But now... Those two guys are getting killed defensively, and so you have to kind of take one off the floor, Lou and Montrez. Uh, and, and so now Doc has to kind of shuffle these these lineups here. Yeah. And, I, and I think Marcus Morris, he's going to be there to stay, even if he's suspended for game one of round two, which I think he will be. He's going to be in that starting lineup because uh, he is he's a really good basketball player. <laughs> I know I know he's he plays ugly ball, but you can give it to him and expect a bucket. I mean, he was 20 points per game this year with the Knicks on good percentages because he's... He can get a bucket at any time. So the Clippers are, are in a real great spot. Yeah, Reggie Jackson uh, hitting the three spot-up threes there to, to ice this one. Yeah, more of a Dennis Eckersley. Is that what you're, you're thinking there, Tess? But of a closer. Mm, nice. yeah, Reggie Jackson began his career as a starter? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, beauty. That, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Perfect. Jackson did it for the A's as well, as did Dennis Eckersley. You kind of forget Reggie's Oakland A's days. I'm, I think I'm more of a Yankee. but Yeah, for sure. I'm not that old, so I don't remember the Oakland days. But yeah, good stuff. Is, do we got another one? You want to pull up? Uh, uh, Mike Gallego, uh, <laughs> no. Carney Lansford, <laughs> who and who? I don't even know who you're. Carney McMustache. She had a wow. great third baseman mustache. Oh, amazing! Um, back to Kawhi cooking. I liked when they tried to go to the 2-3 zone on him. Nope, that's not going to work because uh, uh, that's when you see the limitations of a zone in the NBA. When the other team has a guy like Kawhi that can uh, very easily score <laughs> or make something happen. And then late in this game, you're, you know, you're talking about it there, Trey. He hit three straight jumpers where he didn't put the ball on the floor. Um, I get it. He's a tough cover. But you got to try and get up into him a little bit more and at least make the guy 
dribble uh, and and try and maybe turn the ball over or you don't want to pass or something or make someone else like that was that was wild. You don't see that a lot. Just literally gets the ball. Everything slows down because Kawhi is in no damn rush. And then just, well, okay, are you going to stand that far away from me? You're sure? Okay, I'm going to shoot it. And uh, and then just <laughs> knock them down time after time. I mean, the de- he was not feeling any defense, any pressure at all. Again, not easy because even then when you pressure him, he's going to go right around you. Uh, and then probably hit like one of those little crazy MJ-like shots you said there, Trey. But got to give him a little bit more. Uh, the only thing else to add to this is a question for you guys. Who would the Clippers rather see in the second round? Because they're going to take on the Nuggets or Jazz. What's a what's a more favorable matchup for them? I'm sure they don't care about either team. Like, they are a, a title contender, so it shouldn't matter. But who would they rather see? Who do you think, Lee? Yeah, they're pretty even. They're pretty even. I, I guess they would rather see uh, the Jazz, I suppose. I mean, I sort I, of think so too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really can't split these two teams because if you look inside, you've got Gobert and Jokic, so both big guys who should have an advantage over Zubats, you know, in the starting. But you Zubats know, those, has played great. Yeah, he has. He, he competes. He has. And then they've got the other bigger guys who, who can, you know, like Montrez, they're going to throw their body at, at whoever the big is for the other team. But then you've got Mitchell and Murray. I mean, either one of those are going to, you expect to have a, a really big performance as well. And then you've got the role players. Um, the question, I guess, about the Jazz is um, they tend to sort of fall apart a little bit in the playoffs at some point. And the Nuggets, I mean, they went to seven last year and they lost the game seven home. So very, very tough to really split. They've just got so many similar parts and pieces that um, I don't th- ultimately don't think, I'm just thinking who would match up on Kawhi the best. Who would have the best defender for Kawhi? It, it's probably a Jeremy Grant or a uh, Royce O'Neal, probably. And no, neither one of those are really going to scare Kawhi all that much. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trey, you sort of agree with that? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way that I feel about both of those teams as uh, the Clippers playing against the Mavericks. Like, Maxi Kleba is giving it his all out there, and he's doing a pretty good job. But it's like Kawhi can score eight straight points on three possessions basically whenever he wants to. It's just a matter of, okay, I'll do it right now, and I'll do it in the second quarter, and I'll do it in the first quarter, and at the end of the game, it all adds up to 30. Yeah, That's going to be the case against either of the teams that uh, the Clippers could see in the second round. Yep, probably true. Um, one final thing, I lied. Lee, I knew you would have liked this. When we had the karate chop, chop Morris on Luka and all that, um, we had the rare four free throws to make three points situation. We do not get that very often. Uh, and Luca, I think, only went two for four, so he sort of ruined it. Right, he missed right. a couple yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. that and was cra- I, It was wild. You don't see that often. Four no. free throws to make three points. So if he had hit his first three, then that's it. I mean, you're yeah. not getting the fourth one. It's crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. But if you missed uh, one, he would have had the chance, which he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really wasn't paying attention to that. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I just more was looking back at, I think it was Boban who, who sort of prevented Luca from going at Marcus <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just that gigantic man there. I mean, Luke is what, six, 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 seven, something like that. And he looked like he was about four feet tall in that right. particular moment because Boban just stands there and just, he's just such a huge human being. It's just Yeah, so that funny. was the closest that Doncic came to injury when Boban pulled his arm back. I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, don't rip his arm off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> he just rips his arm off by accident. Yeah. I mean, this is the funny part, the ironic part, right? The Mavericks could maybe use a Marcus Morris. I mean, mm, Boban, that's could. great. He's a giant, so he's a bit of an enforcer that way. But he's like the friendly bouncer, right? You need the crazy bouncer. And that's Marcus Morris. Uh, they could use a guy like that paired beside Luka. Not that Luka can't take this. The, ki- the yeah. kid played in Europe. I mean, oh, yeah. he saw some hard shots, some hard fouls. Uh, and, and he, you know, he's not afraid. He's going at these guys. But uh, you still need you need a, a crazy weirdo like Marcus Morris in your corner, <laughs> I think, on your roster. It always yeah. helps to do the dirty work. So maybe they'll no maybe doubt. they'll get one of uh, those type of guys in the league. What do you think, there, Tess? Oh, Luka was... He just kept coming in this series. Totally. He needs somebody like that beside him. But as Doc Rivers said post-game, when Luka came into the league, I had a man crush on him. And it's only developed more and more and more. And he was trying to be physical with Luka. But Luka, six games all the way through the fourth quarter, was trying to pull his team to victory. And despite all the injuries... Yeah, he definitely could use just somebody who's also on the floor uh, to defend him because Boban's coming off the bench generally and has to be the yeah the the friendly bouncer as you put it. That's that's the way to put it for sure. That's, he need, yeah he could use some nastiness. But this Mavs team, they fought. They really did. It was it was cool to see Tim Hardaway play defense 
and you know guys like Trey Burke and, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, guys who have you know sort of gone from in in our NBA nerdum, we love those type of guys. Like we you know we all follow all these guys. They kind of drop off a little bit now. They're sort of in the in the sphere of things again. So it was cool to see those those guys come back. But uh, yeah, as as even Rick Carlisle said post game, I was watching a lot of post game press conferences. He said, uh, you know, we're we're going to get better guys around uh, Luca. Right. And uh, that's that's the goal here. And yeah, that's that's the number one objective, even though those guys are all great stories. If they can find a number three um, and keep Chris Stapps healthy, look out. Yeah, I mean, this was by no means a disappointing first playoff appearance for Luka Doncic, uh, because sometimes you see that, right? You see young talent have an incredible year and then they get their first taste of the playoffs. And, you know, it's a bit of a shell shock moment. I know this whole bubble thing sort of throws that out the window because there's no fans and you're not on the road and stuff. But like... You know, we've seen guys have dominant young regular seasons and then struggle in in their first playoff series. Can't say that happened here with Luca, mm-hmm. and he did it against one of the best defenses in the league on a bum ankle for a good chunk of it. No, Kristaps Porzingis for a good chunk of it, and still put up a fight. So yeah, you're uh, you know, I saw Mark Cuban tweeting how like excited it felt like you know coming through on the tweet, just like the future is so promisingly with with what you saw here from Luca and what he even had around him, still getting them to a couple of victories. Yeah, well, it's just the defensive end. You've talked about it. That, that's what they need. They need someone who can uh, protect mm-hmm. the paint and protect the perimeter a little bit better because you can't have Luca trying to do all that on both ends of the floor. And uh, I think, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know who they're going to target, but I think a guy like an Al Horford, you know, who could help them defensively, I think that would be important. And he offensively wouldn't hurt them either. He's probably not quite on the same timeline as where the Mavericks are. But the player like that, you know, prime Al Horford there in Atlanta and Boston, I think would be uh, certainly an upgrade. And then they need some uh, perimeter defense as well. So I have a feeling Philadelphia might be okay with parting with Al Horford. (laughs) (laughs) Might be gettable. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's the sort of thing. But he's, what, 33, I think now. So, uh, you know, he's... He's, his best days are probably behind him, but he's the sort of player that I'm, I'm saying, you know, that they need someone there to help. Sure. Chris Stapps as well, help Chris Stapps learn how to play a bit better defense. So, uh, but, you know, the things from the Mavericks yesterday offensively, I think Luca will be great with a, with a guy like a Tim Hardaway and a Dorian Finney-Smith. If those guys can be consistent and relied upon like they were earlier in the series, but you also knew it was like they were kind of punching above their weight to do it the entire series without uh, Chris Stapps. So, but that's the sort of system I think that Luca is best in when it's like, you know, it's like LeBron, you know, when he was in his prime, like, or, or in his Cleveland days, it's like spread him around with shooters and let him dictate how he's going to sure. uh, facilitate the offense. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen, honestly, the Mavericks play the Nuggets or the Jazz. I wonder if they would right. have beaten them in the first round series. Now, I know the, the Porzingis injury, you know, mucks things up, but they are playing the Clippers here, who people had as a championship contender from day one, you know, mm-hmm. when they bring in Kawhi and Paul George. And, yeah, they they were missing a lot of guys throughout the year. But everyone had them on the short list of teams to win the title. So this is not like, oh, what a tough first-round loss, you know. Like, the complete opposite. They're playing one, what should be one of the best teams in the league. And uh, I wonder if they would have advanced to the second round if they matched up almost against anybody except like, the Lakers or Clippers. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. All right. Let's keep it moving here. We're going to get to the Celtics-Raptors game one second-round series. But first... Get the guitar, maybe? I don't know. Quick word from our sponsors here. (laughs) Oh, you better believe I wrote a song for today. No guitar, though. Groom, 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 groom. I want to see you groom. Let's spend the night together. But first, let's see you groom. Uh, another week of Manscaped ads, baby. <laughs> Don't turn this off. That's the extent of the song. Yeah, we've, we've been doing Manscaped ads for so long that the following copy has already gone through three phases. Wow. It was believable. Then it didn't seem like it was happening. But now it's come all the way back around and is definitely a possibility. Live sports are back. We may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets in the second round. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> still possible. One more win for Denver. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. And if you aren't freshening up your undercarriage after hearing a fresh daily Manscaped ad for the last few weeks, I don't know how to help you. Honestly, forget Manscaped products for a second. Just take care of yourself a little bit regardless of what <laughs> tools you own. Hit the groom room for 10 minutes and make it happen. But if you want to do it right, 
grab some Manscaped gear. Lee, do you have a groom room? I know you have a boom room. Uh, <laughs> We're not the same room. The groom room is the boom room. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hair. I'm a hairy guy. There's a lot of hair in my house. Oh, <laughs> all over that white couch you have. <laughs> I hope it's the Dyson room as, as well. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on the dice. I had another bad day with the dice. The other yeah, day. no wonder it's not working. You're clogging it up with all your... No, but my hair isn't long. It's just a lot of it, you know. But uh, right. yeah, I'm out on the dice and I'm out. Give me a shark. Uh, you never, you never know. Mike Dyson is making a comeback in October. You never know. Uh, all right, uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with that lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer, a crop reserver deodorant, a crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining, and probably some other stuff. I don't know. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Okay, let's get into it. Celtics dominate the Raptors 112-94 to take the 1-0 Eastern Conference semifinals lead. Lee, get us started. It was a miserable day for the Raps there. It was a rough first quarter, and it didn't really get much better from there. Celtics played a pretty damn good game of basketball. Yuck. That's all I can say about this one for the Raptors. Now, listen, watching this game, uh, fantastic performance from the Celtics. They were they were on their game from the start. They scored easily. They defended well. The Raptors couldn't score at all, and their offense looked awful. Siakam getting three fouls in the first quarter certainly didn't help. But two years ago, if you remember, in the second round, the Raptors played the Cavs in a game that they should have won, but they lost. And basically, they lost the entire series with that one game, even though I know it took a game winner from LeBron in game three of that series. But you just felt that the Raptors didn't win that game and that affected them mentally. That really just ruined right, right. the You're talking the about the game where they had like seven chances to tip the ball. Oh, yes, the yes, 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 yeah. yes. So they lose that game. And, and you could just tell that it was like, oh, my God, oh, yeah. how they, they, they lost the unlosable game. Now, this game wasn't unlosable, and the Raptors are so much different from them because mentally they're a very strong team. Go back to last season in the playoffs. Every round except for the finals, they were down in a series. They trailed in a series, and they fought back, and I think that's uh, a credit to Nick Nurse, but also just to the players, their their experience and their veterans. And that's what, if you're a Raptors fan, you are hoping to see now in Game 2, like a pretty quick bounce back, a pretty quick response uh, because Game 1 was as bad as I think the Raptors could have played. I really do. I, I didn't see... Anyone out there who seemed to get in any sort of flow, and again, a lot of that I think goes to the Celtics' defense and just the way that they played from the start. Yeah, the Celtics jumped on the Raptors from the start, and any time the Raptors got that lead to sort of nine or eight points, it just felt then all of a sudden that the Celtics rattled off three or four straight baskets. Kemba was great, Jason Tatum. I think he only finished with twenty-one in the end, but it felt like he had a way bigger impact on the game. Uh, and and Marcus Smart was also very very good for the Celtics at both ends. So um, this one you could look at and go, wow. The Raptors are in trouble here. And before they won the championship, I would say absolutely they're in trouble. But <laughs> having won the championship and shown last season that they mentally are a lot tougher team, I, I think this is just one of those ugly games. They missed five days. Kyle Lowry talked about the uh, emotional uh, uh, things that they'd gone through, of course, with the with a couple of days off. So they weren't on the they didn't get off to a good start. But I think the Raptors just don't need to panic anyway. And I don't think they will. I think right. they'll be much better. Uh, in game two. I certainly hope so because um, otherwise this series could be over very quickly if the Raptors can't sort of shake off that uh, that performance. Yeah, the Raptors' first quarter, 11 fouls committed. Okay, you know, three of them on Siakam. Uh, ugly turnover after ugly turnover. Missing makeable shots at times and we're down 39 to 23. They could not find any sort of rhythm offensively. Now, they never really found it all game and that's the concern, Tass, if you're a Raps fan. Celtics are a damn good defensive team. They took away the transition. Lee, that's something you talked about heading yep. into the series. Raps only had seven fast break points. And that is with the Celtics actually turning the ball over a lot. They just are so athletic, so disciplined defensively. They just scream back on defense and they're like, just don't let the Raps score in transition because uh, we think we can slow them enough when it's half court. And, you know, so far so good, of course, after one game. Really now two games down in the bubble where they've done a great job. But are you concerned, Tass, as a Raps fan? A hundred percent. Definitely concerned. Uh, the Celtics team uh, is not going to give up transition points. The Raptors' weakness is what the Celtics are, are going to try and 
illuminate here or, 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 or highlight and they're uh, weakness is half court offense. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where the problem is. Where's it going to come from? I think a few things here. I think they maybe tried to push Pascal Siakam a little bit into that number one role. Maybe tried to focus on him a little too much. Maybe tried to get him going a little bit too much. Uh, I'm just trying to find an excuse for why Pascal Siakam was missing bunnies uh, at the rim over Jalen Brown, who defended him well, and they were definitely ready for that spin. Uh, but he was also missing the three point shot. Pascal Siakam uh, was not good, and he's definitely the guy who can overcome any sort of great half-court defense. He's the guy who can just get his shot at any time. So Pascal has to be better. Maybe if it's in the flow of the offense, it'll matter a little bit more or or he'll be a a little less... I don't know. Deer in the headlights. I'm the number one guy here in a tough series. Uh, but he's he just missed bunnies. And uh, that was that was weird to see him get Jalen Brown down to the rim and then front rim it um, a couple times there early. And so he had just a, a terrible night offensively. And, and I think you may have to go small. Uh, as we talked about, Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi at the 4-5, sit down Gasol and Serge uh, just to... Uh, to try and space it out as much because the Celtics defense is so good. Or maybe you have Mark Gasol on the floor and let him guard Marcus Smart. It's a great suggestion uh, from our colleague uh, Blake Murphy to see if the Celtics go to him a little bit. If if the Celtics go away from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker at all and try and get Marcus Smart going on Marcus Gasol because uh, Gasol is struggling out there on... Out there trying to you know hang with Daniel Tice on the perimeter and then hang with guards. Uh, so I think the, the Marcus Smart experiment might not be bad but we didn't see Nick Nurse have to adapt because this was a friggin blow up and so I think I think <laughs> yeah. Nurse would have in the fourth quarter if he needed to uh, because he is that kind of guy and we know he will try some things um, but I'm definitely worried about the half court offense especially when Kyle Lowry looked good and he had a 17 point night and you know Kyle Lowry might have some duds in this series you're, you're you need you desperately need um, somebody like uh, Fred um, you know, OG to have a big game or Norman Powell to have a big game and you got a great surge game as well. Uh, so yeah, def- definitely, definitely concerned with where the points are going to come from. Yeah. Lowry gave the Raptors a chance at the end of the third quarter. I thought he sort of did his classic, like takes over the game for three or four minutes to give him a fighter's chance. And then the start of the fourth quarter happens. There's a Lowry score again. The Raptors get a stop. And then Lowry turns the ball over, and Brad Wanamaker hits a three. And it was like, oh, all that great work you did, Lowry, there. Uh, he sort of just gave away there on a brutal, it was a brutal, brutal turnover. But uh, otherwise, yeah, Serge was okay. And Lowry played fine, I thought. Everyone else sucked. Van Vliet sucked. And he's having another baby. He was 3 of 16, 2 of 11 from deep. You hope that doesn't happen again. But yeah. Trey, I'm interested to hear your take. You, you had the Celtics, obviously, in the series in seven. A lot of us picking a seven game series here. Uh, what, like, what what do you what did you take away from this game one of how well the Celtics played or how poorly the Raptors did? Well, the main thing that sticks out is the Raptors going ten for forty from three. That's terrible. You're not going to win a game shooting twenty five percent from three. And and you know you would assume that the Raptors will shoot a little bit better going forward in the series. And you also don't expect Marcus Smart to make five threes. Uh, but the offense just comes easier for the Celtics. Yep. You know, I thought Kemba Walker was incredible yesterday. He was just in complete control. Uh, in the pick and roll, finding out whether he's going to take a jump shot, whether he's going to get to the rim, whether he's going to set something up for somebody else. And I thought Tice was great, too. He really outplayed Marc Gasol, being a fulcrum for the offense, cutting to the hoop, hitting the glass, scoring points. The Raptors are going to have to go small if Gasol is not going to do anything out there. If he's not playing defense, if he's passing up shots, it's the classic Marc Gasol. What are you out there doing? You're just out there. And they need more. They need uh, The Raptors need to find a way to score some points because, I mean, the Celtics played good. Their defense was really, really good, I thought, in the first half. Like, Lowry, he ended up with a decent line, but I didn't think he was really doing anything in the first two quarters of the game. And that's really where the game was lost for the Raptors. They were down by 17 at halftime, and that's tough to come back from. Then you look at the Celtics, it didn't feel like anybody played an incredible game, but you still get 21 from Smart, 21 from Tatum, 17 for Brown, 18 from Kemba Walker. The points just pile up because they have so many options out there. Uh, the Raptors got to find a way to get out in transition because the Celtics do a great job. They turned the ball over a lot yesterday, 22 turnovers, but most of them were not live ball turnovers. And the ones that they were, the Celtics are a little bit faster, smaller, more athletic team. They do a great job of getting back. So if Siakam's not going to be able to score on Marcus Smart, maybe you just got to go small and try and run as much as you possibly can. Figure out a way uh, to get a little more space out there so that Fred Van Vliet can, uh, can get some good looks. It's just one game, right? Like, we saw uh, the Celtics 
The Celtics beat the Bucks last year, right, in game one, and then they ended up losing in five games. Right, this can right. turn in a second. The Raptors, it's uh, – They've won a game one once, right, in franchise history? Literally one time. This is where they are meant to be. This is still going to be a long series. It's still going to be a great series. Can't wait to see the adjustments. But Toronto just played really, really poorly yesterday, I thought. The Celtics were good, not great. So it ended up being a nice win for Boston. Here's an email we got. Sup, No Dunks crew. Is Pascal Siakam overrated? (laughs) Nothing he does on offense is smooth. Everything seems rushed. That was from Dustin. Um, and like you said, it was a rough game one. Let's be honest, Tass. He's been bad in the entire restart. He has not played well in the bubble. He's averaging under 18 points per game, shooting under 40%. Can't really hit a three. He's like at 31%, 32% there. Um, and I, I am concerned in like these teams are so great defensively. And if they're going to take away transition, if they can, the Celtics, and it's going to be half-court offense versus half-court offense, I think, Trey, you're sort of right. I got a lot more faith in a Tatum and maybe even a Brown, and maybe even a Kemba for that matter, to create something in a one-on-one setting uh, of breaking down a guy and at least getting into the paint either to the line or setting up another guy than I may be doing the Raptors. Because Siakam, I mean, look, there used to be debates of like Tatum or Siakam, Tatum or Siakam. I love Siakam. I'm a Raptors fan. There's no way in the world you're taking Siakam over him. You're just not. Because Tatum, he can dribble. He has handle. He can look at you. He can square you up and go by you. That's the problem. That, to me... Siakam can spin until he's left, you know, spin until he's dizzy. But that, I, it's it's different. It's just to me that part's a little different. Now, yeah, he was he was missing bunnies inside because he's a big dude and he had smaller guys on him. But I think the Celtics are happy with that type of uh, offense if that's what the Raptors have to do. I, I, I'm a little concerned. I'll say after one game, I you know, we've been here before with the Raps, but the Celtics might just be a bad matchup for this team because they play damn good defense and that's what you got to do. Sure, of course. Their perimeter defenders are tough, and that's why you saw Fred Van Vliet uh, see a lot of length and have a bad game outside. And Kyle Lowry, uh, I thought, yeah, he he was definitely slow in the first half, but he's not going to score a lot more than what he got there with 17 points. So it is going to be up to uh, to Pascal Siakam. I'm not going to hope for OG and Obi to have a monstrous game. Mm-hmm. And, and Norman Powell, maybe yes, maybe no. Pascal Siakam is definitely, no, you wouldn't take him over Jason Tatum. No chance uh, because, you know, Tatum is on that superstar threshold. Well, Pascal Siakam, it's different being a number one option in the regular season than it is in the playoffs. It, it, was, a, it was definitely a worry, uh, I think, People just say he's a number one option because he has had to take that role on. He's 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 the next logical option when Kawhi Leonard left. It's just it's just logic, but it's not it's not necessarily that he's he's been able to uh, you know to to seamlessly go into that. And again, regular season is just so much different. But uh, we all thought he was ready for this role because of his growth, uh, just to be able to score inside. It's definitely been a bad uh, bubble situation. Game four against the Nets was better. His last game before yeah. the series, so it looked like he was coming on. But yeah, he he should be able to hit a four-foot bunny. That has nothing to do with handles. That has nothing to do with um, being able to to square up a guy and go by him. It's just a bunny. Uh, so that's where he's going to score his points. And we saw Joel Embiid sort of shut him down last year, a big body in the middle uh, in, in round two with the 76ers. And Pascal Siakam, you know, like Fred Van Vliet, like the rest of the Raptors, just plugged away and found a way to contribute deep into the playoffs and kick butt against the Golden State Warriors. Trey, this is where I got to correct you. You said they won one game one in franchise history. I think they've won three. They won two. <laughs> they won two last year, including the Warriors. Well, um, they've won four. They won uh, that that Vince uh, and Iverson series. They won game one of that uh, yeah, series too. At least. Well, there you go. I think that's that's probably that's probably the extent. It's probably four, but uh, it's not four in twenty five years. Sweet, uh, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, he it's not he wasn't born a number one guy, but just the way he's grown, we thought he would be ready for it. He just wasn't ready for it yesterday, and, and the, the, yeah, they're a bad matchup because of the length of uh, Shorty Fred. He's not he's not a big man, but if there's going to be hands in his face the entire time, somebody else has got to help. And you would think Paskey could do it. Uh, I, I think he's 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 longer and he's bigger than Jalen Brown. He's not tougher than Marcus Smart. And that's the weird part to me. I say tougher. I mean, you, you can't post up Marcus Smart. I don't know why anybody tries. It's just, it's, you're just, it's not going to work, even though Pascal Siakam is bigger. That was the weird part to me. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka as well playing in the post. What are we doing here? We're not a post team. They're just not. And Pascal occasionally can go in the post for sure. But this game to me was lost. They're down 12. 
uh, end of the first half and you're you're posting up Serge Ibaka. This isn't year one of Serge Ibaka with the OKC Thunder here trying to figure out what he is. Uh, and then he, he, he turned it over because it's not his game. And then it goes, it's a 17-point game at half when it could have been single digits. Uh, you know, not to point out one play and say that that's what it was, but I think this team doesn't score in the post and it was a it was a strange thing Nick Nurse was trying with the size. I think I think he'll probably swing it the other way and go small soon. Yeah, and again, this was a, a textbook sort of team effort here from the Celtics because you're right. No one had like a dominant game, but everybody was just good. It felt like smart hitting five threes and Tatum with the 21. You guys said um, you know shooting 50 percent from the floor. Brown didn't shoot well, but still hit threes. Obviously, is a is a positive out there. Kemba. Totally fine. Four threes. Tice on the boards. Time Lord, five yeah. for five. I mean, that's big. That's found money right there. Giving them ten points. Not huge missing windmill. A shot. Sorry, that? Say that was again? a huge windmill that he had. Huge. That was, that was shades of LeBron spinning the ball on the sideline <laughs> yeah. uh, against you. the Raptors. How dare you? And then uh, even Brad Wanamaker, yeah, hitting uh, a couple threes too. They, they, they really got contributions from basically everybody that played in this game. So uh, mm-hmm. a really nice win for the Celtics. Um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm a little concerned. I'll be honest. The Beantown boys. I'm going to be wearing a green hat by the end of this. I can see it now. Maybe that's what that, that's the pick and pay off here. If the Raptors lose this series, they'll wear green hats. <laughs> I don't know if I have a green hat. I have to find one. All right. Let's keep it going here. Got some news quickly. Thunderguard Dennis Schroeder and Rockets forward PJ Tucker were fined $25,000 each after their altercation in Game 5 over the weekend. NBA executive Kiki Vandeweghe announced the punishment on Sunday. Kiki doesn't love it when you punch him. PJ Ride in his tuckers. So yeah, $25,000. Just a fine. No suspension, Trey. Uh, yeah, Skeets, I appreciated the tweet, man. A honk will get you a game, but a punch is a $25,000 fine. Ridiculous to me. <laughs> Ridiculous to me. Uh, but trust me, I would rather, much rather get honked <laughs> than yeah. punched. Yeah. A honk, you know... A hog 50-50, it might actually feel all right, but a punch, 100%, it hurts. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, because we talked about Schroeder getting a game way back when he was uh, a rookie with the Hawks, and he did more of a honk sort of punch on Cousins, if you want to call it that. But the league said in the statement, Schroeder was fined for making contact to the groin area. Okay, duh. And it said Tucker was fined for, quote, approaching Schroeder and making contact with him in escalation of the altercation, but that his contact with the guard did not meet the standout for a headbutt. Mm. Yeah. So, do you remember we were talking about Giannis and I brought up how Woj, he turned it a head bump, not ah. a head butt. That, I think, is the definition of a head bump is what P.J. Tucker did here. <laughs> not a head butt. Head bump. Didn't get him again. Okay. Good to know in future yeah. reference. We'll have a bump or a butt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have mm. to figure it out. But uh, I'm happy with it. I think 25000 each is is fine, and uh, you know how many, you know how much Manscaped products you could buy with fifty thousand dollars. Okay, okay Jesus, <laughs> you could for sure, especially with the discounts we have. Oh Man, yeah. So, yeah, or yeah. no dunk shirts. You could buy a lot of no dunk shirts with fifty thousand dollars. Absolutely, and it goes to charity. Damn mm. right. NoDunks.com. Go grab one. Uh, so yeah, Tass, you got your wish though. You were you were concerned that if uh, you know Schroeder got a game, then this thing was a wrap. Uh, at least these both guys are going to play here as the Rockets lead the series 3-2 with uh, Thunder you know, trying to stay alive here on Monday. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder has been so good for OKC. It's, uh, he's been their best player. So, yeah, yep. we definitely needed him out there. Uh, he's been smooth. He's been buttery. He's been feathery. Yeah, I love watching him play when he's this good. Uh, and he seems to be, you know, other than Chris Paul you know, pulling up into the mid-range, the only guy who can really get to the rim. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander... Your man Skeets just hasn't. I don't know who who he is. Uh, he can't handle, and he gets beaten on defense when you know that's he's good at it. Uh, I, I don't know what's what's going on other than this just being uh, his first experience here as a starter. But he was, you know, we expected like he was with the Clippers last year and hit hit big shots. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a supporting player, obviously very different. Um, in, in his role now, he's more of a prominent guy, but. I don't know. doesn't look like Shea Gilgis-Alexander whatsoever. No, he doesn't. He needs to play better today for them to get this to Game 7. I think I figured it out, though. I think uh, you can only have one Canadian dominating at, at a particular <laughs> time. So Jamal Murray right now has all that, the Canada power. He's got the juice. SGA is running on empty. It's like you and I, Tass. We never both have a great show here. <laughs> one of us is always bringing it. The other, I mean, just it's a Canadian thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, hey, you're probably right. Uh, we can't hog the spotlight. You go ahead. <laughs> 
here. It's okay, well, yeah, we'll get you set for today's two playoff games. But first, quick word from our sponsor. So listen to this um, Instagram message we received last night. This is, this is a real Instagram message we received. Quote, I just wrote my PhD thesis using Grammarly's help, and I received a lot of compliments on my writing. English is not my native tongue. Use this on your next ad read. End quote. That was a real message we got last night from Ricardo. A fantastic recommendation, very much appreciated. Also a little funny because Ricardo accidentally spelled compliments wrong. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. He probably turned off his Grammarly. Uh, and it was in IG, right? You're in Instagram. You know, lesson learned. But Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people, just like Ricardo, put their best words forward. I love this service. Um, the premium level is the way to go. It truly helps your writing. It focuses on clarity and vocabulary, vocabulary excuse me, suggestions. Holy crap, do I need that? Uh, you ever notice how many times I say bonkers on this show? Or <laughs> ridiculous? I mean, I'll take a word and I will beat it into the ground. And it's tough not to do. It really, it really is. Um, but Grammarly helps out. Especially when, you know, you're writing your emails and stuff like that. You're like, okay, I always use that word. Give me something else. Mm-hmm. All right, I like that. Oh yeah, let's try that. So it, I, I love it. And again, I talked about it yesterday when you were talking about Lee. I love the interface. I think it's so just like flawless, especially when you're writing an email and you just click this little button if you want. And then it's like, oh, hey, fix this. Hey, change that, do that. It's like fantastic. So get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at grammarly.com slash no dunks. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at grammarly.com slash no dunks, G-R, A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash no dunks. Okay, so let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, we got a fun Tweet of the Night here. The other day, I guess it was yesterday, our Tweet of the Night was, uh, well, it was poop related. It was deuce related. So, we had to follow that up. We were talking about George Hill and his pregame routine of taking a shit. So, tonight's, or today's tweet of the night, from last night, it's uh, from, from the poop to the piss. Uh, at Corbin A. Smith. He tweeted this photo. He saw Luca drinking this uh, you know, oddly colored beverage. For big hydration and bigger taste, reach for the cool, smooth taste of piss. <laughs> then it does look like... <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Luke yep. is drinking over there. Little so. playoff pee. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I, I, I don't what know if it makes... App? I mean, yeah. apple juice? Apple juice? Is this yeah. apple juice? Because he's drinking out of an Aquafina bottle. Usually they have their own water bottle, so right. you don't see it like this. So, yeah. What, what? Did he just grab that from someone else? I mean, oh. Here, hand me that bottle of piss. I'm thirsty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and I think Very as well, well, like you know, so like people seem to have gotten a bit away from the Gatorade too these last few years. People are just drinking straight water, so I don't know what. Uh, maybe it's some Slovenian mix that he used to drink in Europe for real. Yeah, for real. yeah, no, it's um, it is interesting. I, it sort of looks like stuff you've you know you've consumed before in the office, Lee. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I've seen you drinking stuff like that. <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, for sure. So, and that's why I'm okay with Luca doing. It. I want to try it. If that's piss and he likes it, it's good. You know, apparently. Did you know apparently? Oh, no, go no. on, go on, go on, go on. Go on. What? No, because I'll you, drink it? you lose so many nutrients through your urination. A lot of times, boxers and fighters and stuff actually drink their piss because mm. they want to get those nutrients back into their body. No, that's a myth. That's a myth. I've seen it. I've seen. I remember seeing it. I seen it one time in a documentary, and I'm like. And the guy was there and he was drinking his own piss. <laughs> well, the the myth is that, like, if you have no access to water, that you can drink your, your own urine, which is fine. You can to a point, but then you, I think you, you get poisoned basically with yes. ammonia or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Um, you wouldn't die, but no one's drinking their piss for no. any other reason other okay. than they this got nothing from, else this, to drink. This is from the BBC, okay? While drinking a small amount of urine is unlikely to be hazardous to your health, there is, oh, it says not enough modern evidence, but people people, <laughs> people, people still do it. I've seen it. <laughs> okay, we are okay. not recommending anybody to drink their own piss, okay? I just want that on the record. What about a piss and payoff? <laughs> we play uh, like piss roulette. We all piss into a cup. 
We put it around and you what have to drink What is wrong one. with you, man? Do you think you would be able to identify your own piss mm, in a game of piss yeah. roulette? Huh. Uh, did I uh, have asparagus? Yeah. If I did, I mean, absolutely. Well, then, you, then you'd be tanking, though, wouldn't you? If you, if you rigged it like that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. So, oh, man. Yeah, well, well, tune in tomorrow to see whether we can complete the trifecta. We, we had the dump. We now have the piss. What would be the third thing? I get barf, uh, maybe barf related. Yeah, barf. Yeah, maybe something. blood. Um, yeah, there's one maybe. other. There's one other thing, but I don't think we want to talk about. Okay. That. Yeah. 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 No. 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 <laughs> save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Second right, round. So, so uh, thank you for that uh, tweet of the night there from at Corbin A. Smith. That was going around. Everyone's having a laugh. What was he drinking? Look crazy. Okay, Tess, set up today's games for us. We only have two on today. We have two. Doubleheader on TNT. Some good ones. We talked about Houston OKC there briefly. Uh, will Houston just leave Lou Dort open? Yes. Well, what's Lou Dort going to do? Are they going to take Lou Dort off and, and throw in Dennis Schroeder there early, bring him bring him in early like they did in the second half? Ah, some coaching fun there in that game. But also, the earlier one, round two starting. This is great. We got round one and round two at the same time. Yeah. Miami and Milwaukee. Oh, Everybody's yeah, hot pick. Tasty. Yeah, very tasty. Uh, everybody's yeah, a lot of people are, are taking Miami to upset Milwaukee. I think we were uh, three to one trade taking Milwaukee. The other three taking Miami in this series. Jeez, just can't wait. Can't wait for a nice mm-hmm. six thirty Eastern start. I know. I love that. There's no day games anymore. You got those nightcaps for us. Um, also, the Heat haven't played in like a week, right? Mm. It's been a been a long time. So I mean, I wonder if that affects them at all because um, they swept obviously. Bucks had to go another game, and then we had the, the the break in play there. So I think it's been a while. So we'll see. I'm excited. You're right. I'm excited for that series to start. Heat Bucks, and then we'll see if we get a game seven. Any any predictions, Lee? Uh, so let's say uh, the 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 Thunder drag it out to seven, wow. and then uh, and let's say let's say the Heat get this one started to get it really <laughs> spicy, and they win this oh, first one. Someone's full of piss and vinegar here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Well, I'm thinking, I'm, Lee. Don't you always say you don't want to drink Budweiser because it tastes like piss? <laughs> and now you're just volunteering yeah. to drink other people's piss. I would rather drink other people's piss than Budweiser. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're never getting a Budweiser sponsorship, I'll tell you that. God, no. Don't want their money. Get out of here, Budweiser. No, but if we get some like, <laughs> piss-related piss product, instead. yeah, we're in. If we get what product? Piss-related product. I don't know. Something where you you can suddenly pee into a, your... <laughs> never mind. All right. Email us your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach uh, at some point this week, so get your cues and your comments in. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, please leave your boys a five-star rating and review. It really helps in terms of rankings. If you're catching us on YouTube, thanks so much. Subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, make sure you hit that little notification button so you know when we're going live. You never know where we're going to have a piss em pick em pay <laughs> and we'll do that live for sure if it ever happens. All right, so that's it for today. We'll see you on Tuesday. Enjoy the games tonight. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, How do you follow all that up? Uh, Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you're smelling asparagus in urine, it's actually a gland in your nose that allows you to smell it. It has nothing to do with the urine. It's just you're special. You're it's special. It's so wild. It is. is yeah. that, I, I have it. Does anyone else? Yeah, I do for sure. Because it happens immediately. First piss it's after asparagus. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. We're piss brothers, buddy. <laughs> you can drink my piss. I can drink your piss. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>